0: we are live with kevin i'm gonna do a broadcast real quick with mini chat to alert people all right how are you been man i've been
1: doing good man how
0: are you good doing good it is a good day
1: where are you out of i'm in nashville right now actually how are you okay is that I- where you live yeah yeah that is where i live i'm moving to la in august but uh, yeah, so just counting down uh, the last few bits of Nashville, really enjoying it, and then uh, you know it'll be a new chapter of my life. So, are you close to? Uh,
0: Should I be close to Stephen Black? Course? And uh, you're probably close to Stephen Black
1: and Chandler. Yeah, yeah is, he, is he also in Nashville? I think so. Yeah, I believe. Sorry. Right. So, do I pull up this like Facebook thing too? But uh, if yeah. you want to see the comments, you can. Okay, yep. Uh, I see. So this the thing does like kind of cut it off. I see. Yeah, it kind of zooms in on us a little bit. So,
0: all right. I'm just sending. Uh... I set up like an alert system with Mini
1: Chat to alert people when we go live because it's been a complaint. So. I'll see what I do. So I'm going to put up, like, the, I guess, the Facebook stuff and my other monitor, and I'll be able to see the comments. Yeah, we already got 25 people in here. If you guys can hear us okay, go ahead and comment.
0: Just so we know we're uh, not having any issues before we get into it. What's it going on? Veronica, she's over in, in uh, Spain, I think, or wherever the iStack event is. Not Colombia. I want to say Colombia, but that's not right
1: all right we'll wait
0: a couple more minutes i just sent out the broadcast so i want to give people a chance to get in here so they don't miss anything sounds good so while we're waiting for people to come in i'll just do a quick update on ad leaks where we're at there's been a lot of changes um We moved to the new uh, sign-up system, so there is now a waiting list to get into the Gold and Platinum groups. Um, If you've signed up and you haven't heard anything, we are going through applications and scheduling interviews, and have already started those, so uh, you are just on a waiting list and you will be contacted. So just hang tight. Um, It is going to take some time for us to go through the overwhelming response of people trying to get in uh, Barcelona. I don't know why I was in Colombia, that's in Mexico. <laughs> uh, so that is going on. There also is a meetup coming up for only platinum members. Um, and that's going to be, if you're a platinum member, it's going to be at a private residence at one of the uh, founders of AdLeaks' is house, it is a mansion in Newport Beach. So if you're going to be in the area, July 27th. Um, Check out the events tab in the Platinum Group. um, And register. Spots are limited for that. There's no charge. It's going to be just a basically social meetup, networking event, Um, hang out, grill, have some uh, Mexican food and margaritas. And that should be a good time. So we got quite a few people in here, so we'll get going. to be honest, Kevin, I had never heard of you until the overwhelming response of <laughs> requests to interview you. Um, I put out a survey, and I think you had, <laughs> by a winning stretch, the win for people that wanted to hear hear from you. So I'm probably not as familiar with what you do. I know we talked a little bit, kind of got a rundown on it, but I'm kind of excited for this. Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of how you got started in the space, and then we'll kind of move into what you're doing and kind of your team and all that stuff.
1: Yeah, definitely. So, hey everyone, you know, super honored and blessed to be here. It's It seems like it's pretty crazy. Um, it's been a crazy year for me. Probably the reason why you haven't heard about me prior to this whole voting thing and, you know, really honored that all of you guys gave me so many votes is I actually started e-commerce full time in August, 2018. So, uh, you know, approaching my sort of one year anniversary of doing this whole e-commerce thing full time. I graduated from college uh, May of 2018. And I was originally going to go work for a corporate job and sort of had cold fee last minute. Um, it really unsettled me that I was able to predict like the next eight years of my life. Exactly. It was one of those places where, you know, I was getting very highly paid for some of my age. I'm 23. Right. Uh, but it's one of those places where like everyone followed a very similar path. And that kind of really unsettled me. And I knew just as a consumer, E-commerce was a really budding, growing sort of area to play in. I heard about, you know, a lot of these sort of YouTube gurus and all these different things like making fortunes in e-commerce, and I thought might as well give myself a a shot at this full time. And you know, worst case scenario, I'll go get a job like everyone else my age anyway. Um, So, long story uh, long story short, been in a lot of ups and downs, but um, it's been an incredible journey. I basically do white label dropshipping. Um, and you know, we're on track by August, 2019 to do $20 million in sales. So it's $20 million in our sales in our first year, it's been an incredible, ex- incredible experience. Couldn't have done it without all of the advice and support that was in Facebook ad buyers when I first started. And then once I could afford it, you know, ad Leaks platinum as well, or I guess back then it was like Facebook, um, ad buyers gold or, or whatever it used to be called. And, uh, that's sort of my background. And then in starting in January, I started. Dabbling in sort of agency work. Um, and now, you know, really bought into the whole e commerce experience on top of white label drop shipping. I also work on sort of more brand equity, long term brands, like parallel process that. And then also work with a select group of clients. Okay. Oh, so you're what, 19, 20, 21, like I'm 23. 23. Okay.
0: So you're pretty young. Um, um, yeah, it's uh, it's funny you say that because nobody wants to work in corporate America anymore. You might as well just do it yourself. You know, education. You know, I spent I think a hundred thousand dollars on a master's degree. I don't even use it, and yeah, way more money doing digital. So good for you. Um, that's awesome. Tell us a little bit about drop shipping. You no, know, drop shipping is when you say white label drop shipping. Obviously, Facebook's cracking down on drop shipping. Yeah. I know you said you got started with AliExpress. Um, what are you like? what is exactly your drop shipping model and how did, like, I guess, how did you get started in it? Let's start with the very first product you got into with the store, but how did you get into it? And then how did we kind of, kind of go from where you, to where you've gotten today?
1: Yeah. So, you know, in the beginning, I did your standard like AliExpress drop shipping, right? So, you know, you'll, you set up a Shopify business, you try to make a really nice website, you choose some products that you think could do well, and then, you know, you start running Facebook ads and this probably happened. You know, I was kind of fooling around with dropshipping as early as like December, uh, as early as December of my senior year, so I think this is December 20, 2017, right? Um, That's like when I first started dabbling around with it didn't really make any money. I actually lost like like all the internship money I had the summer before and was like, wow, like this thing is really hard. But I, I sort of got signs that if you were able to execute well and do it well that you can make a lot of money, right? Like the fact that there were some days where I even did like $100 in sales. I remember back then I was selling like really shitty like drones, right? And I had no idea what I was doing, like a bunch of drones or even making it to customers. It was just it was like a, not a good product to sell. And then also I really didn't know what I was doing, but the fact that some days I could sell like two drones for a hundred bucks really piqued my curiosity, right? And then August 2018 is when I really started doing this full time. I was like, hey, I'm gonna really do 24 seven. This is what I'm gonna focus on. Um, I think the reason why I've been able to grow so fast in a year is because I have an addiction to perfection and sort of automation, right? So when I white label dropshipping, essentially what happened was I started dropshipping apparel and accessories and we were scaling so fast. I remember, you know, after starting in like August 2018, by like August 20th, 2018, we were doing like $20,000 a day in sales, right? The moment we hit sort of that volume threshold, we were actually very proactive in making moves that would guarantee that we would be able to do what we're doing and also do it well from a customer satisfaction perspective and also like a Facebook feedback score perspective. So we actually ended up acquiring the supplier that was originally drop shipping for us on AliExpress. So when you go on AliExpress, you see like the names of the different vendors um, that you can work with, right? So we Mm -hmm. grew so big that we were doing like 80% of the revenue this one supplier on AliExpress is getting And we decided, like, hey, why don't we just become our supplier? You know, work with us like proprietarily, don't work with anyone else. And then we're gonna be able to increase product quality. We're gonna start custom branding, getting tags on things, being logistics figured out. So even though I'm drop shipping right now, it's it's not at all what your you know average person that watches like a guru video starts doing right at this point all of our products go through like very rigorous quality control standards. You know, there's custom tags and packaging on there. It gets shipped to the United States, like a US warehouse in Los Angeles. And then from the warehouse, it's essentially we're taking inventory at this point. It's actually getting sold to customers, right? So I still use AliExpress sort of as an inspiration platform to figure out like what types of designs of products and, and what types of products I would want to sell. Um, but at this point we have our own like manufacturing and procurement capability. So the mm-hmm. type of product I'm actually delivering to customers is a league apart in terms of customer quality, I mean uh, product quality and also customer feedback. So um, that's essentially what I do. Right. And that's why I'm, I'm able to stick around. Um, and that's why I'm able to, I guess keep doing what I'm doing despite Facebook, really ramping up its feedback score processes
0: mm-hmm. and trying to like weed out the weed out the weasels basically before. so how much volume did it take when you acquired that comp like that person on aliexpress was that just drones and how much volume were you doing to be yeah, able so to say
1: at, at this point was in drones right drones actually completely failed um around like may the the feds actually started regulating lipo batteries i don't know anyone else that drop ships products like lipo batteries because of terrorism reasons they actually started like just seizing random packages that had batteries inside right so i stopped drones and i thought like what's a better product logistically speaking right and apparel and accessories there's no screw-up factor there right it's like you know if you buy like a t-shirt you're gonna get a t-shirt right and like the t-shirt's not gonna explode in the mail it's not gonna get seized in the mail right so I'm made, mostly doing apparel and accessories now. So, around August, um, it was an apparel and accessories dropshipping business. And once it hit $20,000 a day in sales, which I think it took us around, you know, I think like two weeks to get to, um, because at this point, I've already, I was already learning a lot. I've already probably lost like $3,000. Prior to this, like doing dropshipping and trying to learn ad strategy and trying to learn how to Photoshop creatives and things like that. And I think August is when things really started clicking for me. Uh, But once we hit $20,000 a day in sales, I remember I was very proactive on like, you know that if you're getting 30 day delivery times to your customers, if you've never even seen your own product that you're now all of a sudden selling massive volumes Mount for a lot of people it might not bother them, but like it really bothered me that I had no idea where this thing was headed or what's gonna happen with it. And it didn't feel like, it doesn't feel right when you know your customers are waiting two to three weeks to get a product. And you know, like you just put yourselves in the shoes of your customers, I would be pretty pissed off too, right? So we started taking very proactive steps to, um, you know, get things private labeled as soon as possible, mm-hmm. get nice packaging as soon as possible, get quality control as soon as possible. Um, around this time, I actually, even though I'm a I'm like a semi-native speaker, I started learning a lot of Chinese just in my free time because I wanted to communicate with the person that was pushing massive volumes about. Um And I reached out to him, and then we sort of worked out a deal. You know, we had a very frank conversation, and now you know we've worked together for so long that he's essentially a member of my team. So, at today's date. I can think of any product I want to sell. And I'm very confident my team over in China will find that product and they'll make it well. And then we'll be able to sell it in the right way. So what kind of apparel and accessories are you selling? Like just all over the place. So we do, yeah, I mean we do like outerwear, you know, we have leather goods, we do like camouflage goods as well. We do like preppy clothing, literally anything you can think of in the apparel space. Um, we've probably at least tried before. Um, or I've at least have dabbled before. Sometimes, obviously, it doesn't work out.
0: Is it uh, brand or like? Is it your own brand name stuff, or is it stuff like where you're selling like Nike and Under Armour? No, no, all? it's it's completely my
1: it's my own brand, your own stuff. So you come up with the designs and everything, basically. So we don't. It depends. So it's I would say eighty percent of the designs that we're selling are from AliExpress. So I think what AliExpress is really good for is inspiration for. What nice products could look like, right? Not saying mm-hmm. that the products are actually nice, but it's inspiration for. Okay, let's say you see like a really a hoodie on AliExpress. At least now, you don't have to conceptualize in your brain of what a nice hoodie would look like or what you would actually make, right? AliExpress does that for you. So my, I basically look at designs on AliExpress, and I think, okay, these are the designs based on my experience that I think it so well. I give them to my team, and my team sort of makes a higher quality version of the same AliExpress product. But you wouldn't, like, you know, on, pa- on paper, you wouldn't know that there was a difference between what I'm selling and what AliExpress is selling mm-hmm. except for. My thing is obviously customly branded and labeled and, and just sure. like, a lot higher quality yeah. than, than others. How many
0: how – many, tell us about your team. How many
1: are on your team? Do you have like – Yeah, so um, one second. Let me get my charger out actually. Uh, laptop. So uh, I would, in total, I believe we have around 51, uh, I would say, team members that work with us. And, uh, you know, most of them are going to be remote workers. So I'm literally in my bedroom right now. And my bedroom is also my office, right? Which is which is kind of nice about the type of work that we do. But uh, you know, I run my business like with my telephone and, and my computer, yeah. right? So I have 51 team members all over the world. Um, like we have a building in the Philippines um, and they do all of our customer support, right? And when we need more customer support agents. I have a manager there that literally can go on the streets and interview someone and bam, we have more customer support going, right? So I have sort of like my order fulfillment team like the people that make sure that the orders are getting to the customers, right? And they're monitoring logistics all the time. Like they're in Ukraine, right? Um, my finance sort of team is is in New York. Um, and then, um, you know, I have a procurement and sort of manufacturing team in China. So collectively, there's around 51 individuals and we all work remotely. And what's crazy is I've actually I've actually only met like three of the 51 individuals in person. And now we've been working for almost a year together. And like, you know, I trust them more Than I trust, like anyone else in my life, right? So it's, it's kind of crazy the world that we live in.
0: Yeah, it is. It's uh, same thing with me. I have a couple employees that work remote, and I trust them with my life as well. So I hear that I don't have 51, <laughs> sounds like a headache.
1: Well, both of them are frontline, right? So obviously, a lot of it's customer support, right? They're answering emails, a lot of it's yeah. like house staff, um, like manufacturing procurement sort of staff. Um, I'm not trying to demean them or anyway, but. Um, you know, I think 51 sounds a lot sexier if you're imagining like some like corporate office, right?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, good for you, man. Young, it's awesome. Um, if you guys have any questions, drop them in the comments and I'll make sure to try to get to them if they're kind of relevant to where we're at. So um what kind of so how are you pushing the sales for this stuff? Like what what ad platforms are you running? Kind of how did you
1: you know, do you have a team that does all the ad buying, or do you do the ad so, buying? Um, I said I was addicted to automation, right? So my principle for automation is twofold. One is I have to understand something before I automate it, right? So then I, I can maintain a level of professionalism and quality control, right? Yep. And two is I have to figure I have to realize that what I'm automating isn't actually worth me doing with my time, right? So. Customer support automated, logistics automated, right? Sort of your COO day to day operational stuff, all automated. I actually still do all my own ad strategy and ad buying. And my business partner actually still does the vast majority of our creatives as well, right? These are sort of two, I mean, at the end of the day, on Facebook and Instagram, which are the only two platforms that we use, right? Like, so all the Facebook assets. Um, you know, it's ad strategy and creatives that drive all your results, right? So these are two things that we were determined from the very beginning that this is what we're gonna build expertise in because it's not something we wanna automate away. So every single day at twelve AM, I'm still set like setting all my ads. Um and he's still doing a lot of the video editing, Photoshop work, um, to, to sort of run wow. our advertising. But yeah. Wow. So how many hours are you putting in a day on average, would you say? Honestly, setting advertisements, especially now that this whole broad CBO wave is is sort of alive and well, it definitely reduced the amount of time that uh, I have to spend. So I would say like setting advertisements across all my sites probably, probably honestly like two to three hours a day. Um, and then obviously on top of that, I try to stay up with ad leaks, right? I read a lot and, and Facebook ad buyers as well. And I just try to, mm-hmm. think, I mean, you know, for those of you guys who are in the group, like you know, I'm always starting new discussions, new threads, because this is something I devote a decent amount of day to is just learning and making sure I'm keeping up with the trends and just like testing and, and thinking about a lot of different crazy things to test, but actually setting ads probably like two to three hours. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Okay. But like on top of that, like how, like how, what does what a typical work day look
0: like? Wake up at 8 a.m. or till 2 a.m. You know, like,
1: yeah. So I, I'm actually on a pretty good sleep schedule now, but I used to wake up at 12 p.m. That's right. And then <laughs> at four AM, right? Yeah, I mean, it's like you know, when you're in our line of work, it's like, fuck, why do I have to wake up at nine? You know, like everyone else. But recently, mm-hmm. my my, uh, my teammates and I are actually doing a challenge where my challenge is like I have to wake up at nine AM every day. So you know, day three, and uh, you know, hopefully, going well so far. I'm definitely pretty tired, but yeah, you know, like my other teammate, he's like giving up video games, and another guy's giving up like junk food. So it's like a self challenge thing we're doing, but. You know, I wake up in the morning. I try to get a workout in, and then I eat like a big breakfast, and I come to work. Um, and you know, like I said, I do white label drop shipping. I also parallel process sort of brand equity sort of brands as well, right? So brands that aren't going to make a lot of cash flow in the beginning, but you know, it's going to last a lot longer. I think something that I'm good at is I'm very realistic with my expectations. So I know my dropshipping businesses, even though they're you know going to do twenty million dollars in sales in their first year. I know the enterprise value of these businesses in the long term is eroding, right? Because we're running sales all the time, right? Like product quality is obviously like a six or seven out of 10. It's not like an eight, nine, 10 out of 10, right? Like just to be very transparent with everyone here, my feedback score is like in the mid threes, right? It's not going to be like high fours or five because at the end of the day, the product quality isn't isn't amazing, right? I'm not like changing the world by any means in, in what I'm doing, right? But it's generating very good and stable cash flow. So what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to invest the money I'm making drop shipping over to making, let's say the next Dollar Shave Club or the next Bonobos, right? These big e-commerce powerhouses obviously that you can't retain a profit immediately from. Mm-hmm. And then after that I'm also doing agency work and we work with sort of select clients because we do have a limited time. We're not a full time ad agency. So I also do agency work with clients that I'm very interested in. And usually we have some sort of profit split or sort of like equity split or uh revenue split agreement so they're very like high potential clients that we work with um, and really my day is carved out depending on what's going on you know if i'm putting if i'm putting out fires obviously i sort of have to respond with what's going on um, in my life and you know sometimes if it's sort of like a calm day like operationally everything's going well nothing's crazy is happening we didn't get like a Facebook ad account banned or anything. Uh, then I, I can sort of carve out my own time and just think mm-hmm. about, um, where I, where, where my attention is needed. Right. But those are the three things I sort of divide my time through.
0: I saw a screenshot, the customer feedback score, I was just checking. Cause uh, I think Alex Steele posted a screenshot in the platinum group and it said like now they were the one that he showed said penalty is now under three which I was just checking
1: some of mine and they still say two. I believe it's still two um, because I mean, if it's usually my things are honestly three or above. Um, I really haven't cracked four or five yet, but I think it's still under two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's I what mind
0: say. But just, The screenshot he had was a three and I was like, oh boy.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's no fun. Every, every single week that thing updates, man. It's like, whew. yeah, it's like a pregnancy test every time.
0: Yeah,
1: Uh, so are you running all this basically from one store then, or do you have segments? No, so yeah, so I I actually want to touch on this, right, because there's two approaches I think to dropshipping. There's sort of your general store approach, where you have like, you know, let's say like hotdeals.com and you just like spam the shit out of the store with like a bunch of random products and you're Mm -hmm. trying to ride the wave of different random products, right? Yep. That's one approach, and I think that's the most popular approach to dropshipping. I actually do something completely different i try to build brands right where i try to build niche stores so let's say i have like an outerwear store and i call it like i don't know walrus outerwear right i just made that up so i my, my products are all within like a same theme they're very well curated like you know i'm very conscious about product quality i'm cutting bad products when when they show up and i find that sort of my niche stores last a lot longer than these general stores and i'm less relying on like finding a viral product every single week. or finding a viral product every month. It's like, my stores are very consistently doing very strong sales. And that's because when you go onto one of my sites, you really can't tell the difference between the North Face or like, you know, my outerwear site. It literally looks the same. You know, it's like our website's just as nice. You know, we have custom logos and everything on all our products. Our media is very nice. Our content's very nice. Only difference is obviously, we're probably running some sort of sale or promotion all the time, which North face obviously wouldn't do. Um, so it's across multiple sites that we're generating numbers we're generating. So it's like multiple brands uh, that are going to feed into this $20 million number by August, 2019.
0: And what do you think you're like, cause you're running obviously Facebook ads, but are you guys running any other ad platforms?
1: No. So we, we kind of had some experimentation with Google AdWords. I'm, I'm not a big fan of Google AdWords for dropshipping. Honestly, I just think it's, it's kind of, it doesn't give as much flexibility creatively, right? It's like, you can show an image of your product, or you can sort of type some things out that people see when they search. Mm -hmm. And I just don't think that gives enough differentiation when you don't have brand equity, right? So it's like, obviously, if you Google toothpaste, and you see like a Colgate sponsored Google AdWord, that means a lot to you because you don't need to see a picture of anything. You can click onto it and that's enough, right? I think for drop shipping, creators are, are really, really important because that's the only way you differentiate yourself, right? Like thousands of people are probably pushing the same products you're pushing. So how do you win in this sort of big battlefield where everyone's selling the same thing? creative and also your ad strategy is a differentiator. And I don't think Google sort of gives enough flexibility. I haven't hopped on, um, Snapchat yet. That's probably on my, my learning list. So right now it's, it's purely Facebook, um, platforms that I'm generating all my sales on,
0: but are you really a drop? I mean, I know you say you're a drop shipper, but I don't necessarily know that to me, to me, a drop shipper is like, I did drop shipping a long time ago where I would just, you know, take a list. Put that into Amazon, the product list, because they would have a connection and yeah. then basically would just go in and I would place the order and they would ship directly. You're actually curating your own products, you're sending them in for like quality control. Like I don't to me, I don't classify you as a draw like a drop shipper because you're you're actually designing your own products, you know, you're not taking somebody else's product and just drop shipping it from Bofunk, Alabama, you know? Yeah, yeah.
1: So, you know, I'm dropshipping, I think, in the sense, I, I would, this is how I always say it. I say, like, within the world of dropshipping, I'm as clean and crisp as they come, right? But I still think, at its core, I'm dropshipping because my products aren't proprietary. So the designs of my products are still 80% sourced from AliExpress, right? So if I go on AliExpress and I see a really nice-looking hoodie, I say, hey, team, we're going to start selling this hoodie you know make sure that this hoodie you know go to the factory find this hoodie or if you can't find it start manufacturing it i mean someone's selling the shit out of this hoodie i see it on aliexpress right orders are through the roof and i want to start selling it too but we're going to be a little bit more professional than everyone else right we're going to get the hoodie to you within 10 days you're going to get a hoodie that actually has a zipper and it's not broken right and it's like our customer support is going to give you a response within 12 hours that you message us right so it's like within the world of dropshipping, i think i'm I'm as clean and crisp as they come. But at the end of the day, I still ride all the benefits of dropshipping, right? I don't have to take massive inventory amounts. Um, you know, I don't have to spend a lot of time doing R&D or, or product development, which obviously if you're Nike and you want to release like a new line of hoodies or apparel, you're spending millions of dollars like developing it, right? And then mm-hmm. you're a lot of different inventory. For me, it's still, I get the perks of dropshipping, but I think I'm trying to mitigate as many of the unprofessional or sort of like dirty aspects of it. Right. Does that so make they're,
0: they're, Yeah, that, that makes sense. There's a couple like people have some questions and there's a little bit of confusion, I think. So yeah. are you actually, so if I go on your website and I buy your product, are yeah. you shipping it to LA first and then having them check the quality before you send to the customer or are you sending it straight from China to the customer?
1: No. So essentially my supplier ships inventory a month in advance, right? Based on forecast. So, I tell them, hey, this is how ad performance is going. This is what I roughly forecast for the upcoming month. And they parallel process. They send all the items over. They know what our best sellers are. Again, like I said, I don't ride the viral product wave, right? Like most dropshippers are finding gimmicks that they can blow up for like a week and then onto the next gimmick. For me, I'm making dropshipping businesses that look like They're brands, right? So they're, they're long lasting. Our product catalog is not changing radically. It's like the same products I've sold a year ago, I'm honestly still selling and they're still my best sellers, right? So that's a little different. So for me, it's easier to forecast inventory and what we need. So the logistics, how it works is my team procures a product or makes the product in China. They slap on the custom logo. They get the custom packaging on then they ship in bulk to a warehouse in los angeles that warehouse is a 3pl that's holding my inventory it's synced up with shopify and then when we're fulfilling orders right it goes from that warehouse to us customers um does that make sense mm-hmm. yeah yeah and what's really nice is because i have such a good relationship obviously with my supplier who's, who's essentially part of the team now I invoice him at the end of every single month. So in terms of cash flow and also sort of the benefits of no inventory risk in the world of dropshipping, I'm still enjoying it even though I'm delivering the value of having inventory, right? Because my my supplier is essentially taking all that risk for me, which is a pretty sweet deal.
0: Oh, that's a lot to take in, man. You're uh, So do you have your own factory or are you using like – because I've, I've actually gotten hidden up a lot and I see a lot of things least like, Platinum, people looking at how to procure products, send somebody over to find products. How would you give them any tips that are looking for like procurement officers or like people to help find factories to manufacture products, order, that you know?
1: Yeah, so honestly, I think my biggest tip is just that it's a work in progress, right? So I went through probably two suppliers before I really found one that I was really comfortable working with, right? And I think um, it's just like, you're gonna get screwed a few times before you really hit gold with someone that you really like working with, and you really develop not only a professional, but sort of personal relationship with. So, you know, this supplier, it's like, at this point, um, you know, he called me every single evening, we talked for like hours, and we talked about his family, like, we're, we're generally friends, right? Like, he won't screw me over and I'm very confident about it because I'm a person at this point. I'm a friend to him, right? And vice versa, like he doesn't, you know, he's invoicing me a month late every single month. So as of now, it's like I owe him probably around $500,000 for the previous month, right? But it's like he, you know, he knows I'm going to pay it to him. In a world where I wanted to screw him, I just made 500 grand. I don't have to pay him, right? But I'm not someone that's going to do that to him because I know him. So my big advice is, Reach out to these suppliers on AliExpress, right? If you do know some Mandarin, it's a huge advantage. I, Like I said, I started learning Mandarin literally because of this reason and really sharpening my skills. Um, and you know, try to develop a relationship with one of these guys. At the end of the day, everyone has the same goal, right? Think about it from the supplier perspective on AliExpress they're tired of people selling the shit out of their products for a week and then getting banned by Facebook and like disappearing out of the map and they can't forecast their inventory and they don't know what to do. Right. From your perspective, you're tired of ordering from 30 different suppliers on Aliexpress with varying levels of professionalism and product quality and logistics and your customers are getting screwed. Right. So there's a big mutual ground from people that are selling things on Aliexpress to people that are buying things to try to sell on Aliexpress. Right. And I think Everyone should be working together. It's just sort of you have to be proactive about reaching out and also trying to build a relationship um, sort of long term, right? Um, but at this point, I've grown with my supplier, which is, which is really cool because obviously I provide all his volume. So I remember he had a staff of like six people in the beginning and they were really just middlemen. So they were going to the factories every day, procuring products and selling it on AliExpress. Right? And that's how most of these AliExpress suppliers are. They're not actually the factories, they're middlemen that are sort of doing a side hustle. And the side hustle is, we're supplying dropshippers with products yeah. we buy for 20 bucks at the factory, we sell the dropshippers for 30, we're making $10 per product, right? At this point, because I've gotten big and obviously he's made a lot of money off of me, he's helped me make a lot of money. Now, you know something that's really recent, I think why he's such a great person to work with is, he invested almost all the profits that he's made along my side on this $20 million of sales. In developing his own manufacturing capabilities mm-hmm. right now to get our product quality for the area needs to be and our margins let me just tell you have gone down drastically since he's the one that's manufacturing like our best sellers now and not like the the standard factories you normally pick up from so mm-hmm. It's, it's a work in progress, right? But as we're growing, he's growing with us. And I think it's like, I'm really blessed to have someone like that in my life. And obviously my business that's so proactive about, let's think long-term, let's think long-term, rather than, hey, I'm making a killing off of Kevin, let's keep doing what we're doing. Because I think that if I didn't do these changes when I did them, I would've gotten banned off of Facebook. Like, you know, the thousands of people that post on ad buyers every day. It's like, oh, my account got banned. You know, my customer feedback is like a 1.0. It's like, okay. That's why I did the things I did in August, even though the easy thing to do was just assume that the money's going to keep rolling and just sort of be lazy and, mm-hmm. and get sales, right? It's sexy to be like sales, 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 but what you have to realize as a business, only a small part of it is actually getting sale. There's a wraparound organization that you have to build out if you want anything sustainable and high value.
0: What, what's your typical margins? On your, you yeah, have like a set margin you go for?
1: Yeah, so I would say in apparel and accessories, I'll just, I'll just say this: after all costs, right? After all costs, advertising, cost of goods sold, paying my team, like everyone from the lawyers the finance team, you know, to some of the graphic designers we use, everyone, I take home around eighty to twenty percent of my top line. Okay. Eighty to twenty percent. Eighteen to twenty percent. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I wish it were 80%. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: a big margin, 80 to 20. Uh, okay. So, so how much are you spending? Like, what are you spending? Like, uh, a day, are you spending quite a bit a day on ad Facebook? Yeah, ad? so
1: we actually went through kind of a seasonal problem in the summer. Like I said, we are playing in a lot of, like, outerwear stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, they're just not selling as hot in the summer. Like, right sure. now, a lot of our outerwear stuff, we're, we're probably selling to Australians, Canadians, and, and people in the U.K., um, I, I assume it's because it's seasonal um, so I used to do around I would say anywhere between a hundred to 150 thousand dollars a day in sales and to get there you know I was spending thirty to fifty thousand dollars on ads every single day right It's sort of simmered down in the in the summer now so I would say now we're doing closer to like sixty to seventy thousand dollars a day in sales and to achieve that I'm probably spending anywhere between probably around like twenty thousand dollars. Uh, maybe thirty thousand dollars a day on a bad ROAS day to to generate that, right? So, so you're getting like
0: two, two and a half X on one on a one
1: day. Okay. So off of Ad Manager, like overall, because obviously Ad Manager doesn't attribute everything. My ROAS is around like a three point seven, like historically, mm-hmm. uh, from August to now, it's around like a three point seven on twenty million dollars in sales. Okay, well, that's pretty good.
0: Um, um, what is your? I guess like what is your you said you're using a lot of broad CBO, like Power 5. Is that basically what you've now shifted to?
1: Yeah, so uh, I, I sort of made a post about this where I was actually pretty transparent on how I do things. So in the beginning stages of things, I'm doing your classic like shotgun, do sort of strategy, right? Okay, $10, let's say $20 ad set is doing pretty well in the course of seven days. Let's do it to three times 50, right? And see what sticks, right? So this is sort of building up Data building up track record. I really don't start CBOs until I hit around. I would say at least ten thousand conversion events. So ten thousand sort of purchases. That's I store. Yeah, right? Okay. So when I hit around ten thousand purchases, I go straight to broad CBO. Uh, and then at the broad CBO level now, it, it becomes a lot less intensive on ad strategy, right? And it becomes a lot more intensive on creatives, right? So for my sites that are running broad CBOs or massive budgets, you know, it's it's not me anymore that's driving the value. It's my team that's making these crazy creatives and always pumping them out because, you know, at, at a fat budget and also when targeting is is sort of really easy to do, I mean, I have three ad sets in the broad CBO, right? And it's just like a big mm-hmm. budget and it's killing it. I know it's because the creatives are fueling all of that growth, right? So at that final stage, we're very, very in tune creatively. In the beginning, I'm still doing sort of these tricks that you see on ad leaks to try to scale it up, scale it up, scale it up, and we're testing a lot. Um, but yeah, my, my sites that are doing the biggest numbers, it's that power five. So it's auto advanced matching is on, right? We're leveraging dynamic creatives, um, you know, testing a bunch of different headlines and captions. Um, and also we're going as broad as possible in targeting and we're leveraging also obviously form placements, right? Um, So, you know, how I like to structure the broad CBO is I actually give it a lot of guidance in terms of geographic targeting. I actually split by regions, right? So one ad set would be USA, one ad set would be sort of EEA countries, one ad set would be Oceania one asset will be maybe like Scandinavian countries, one is like Asian countries, and we're excluding all the ones that are obviously high fraud, like really bad traffic type of countries. Um, But that's how I like to structure my broad CBO, and that's actually worked a lot better for me than what Barry Johnson posted a while ago, which was just like USA, Foreign and maybe like first world foreign, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I give it a little bit more guidance, and that's just what's worked best for me. And I have a post on there in Adleak, so it's super transparent what I do to get to my results.
0: So, what do you think the biggest thing? Somebody that's trying to get into your space, like try to learn what you're doing. Did you do like? Did you just dive in and learn, or did you like read some courses, or kind of how did you? Because I mean, obviously, you've grown extremely fast. You're probably. Yeah. Like, a very rare success sort of story i would say
1: yeah i mean i think i don't think there's a lot of like this is this is ad leaks and ad buyers is by far best resource i've ever used right i also just personally i don't know like what the rules of promotion are but i put out free content as well just like in my in my own personal sort of facebook group that has to do with dropshipping. like i'm not trying to sell a course or anything there's no like catch or anything i just put it out there because i think it's fun and i usually record it while i'm doing work anyway so there's free content in case anyone's interested but in terms of learning i think like it sounds really cliche but get as much guidance as you can from like facebook ad buyers and ad leaks premium from like these legitimate sources and then you just have to go risk your dollars and i think yeah. you have to be addicted to a few things you have to be addicted to number one automation i think that is my biggest secret it's like I don't think I'm the best ad strategy person, right? I don't think I'm the best person at making creatives, right? I know like Alex Steele, for example, like so much better than me at Facebook ads. You know, like I know when he breaks things down, I'm like, wow, this guy's really fucking smart and he's just tested a lot more than I have. And like, I read his posts, and I'm just like, dude, this is free money on the table, right? Like, yeah. for example, someone like that is better than me at Facebook ads, right? And I see like Chandler Welling, his media capabilities and creative capabilities are far above mine, right? But I think something that I do do very well that differentiates me is I automate, I automate, I automate. I'm addicted to freeing up my own time. And when you free up your own time, right, you're able to do a lot more, right? And I only spend my hours in a day doing things that are very high value. So just to give you guys insight to degree of automated, I've even automated site creation at this point. So I have a team that's very well trained, very educated, right? And And I've taken the time to train them over the course of months that, Will literally source products for me right then i have another team that really cleans the photos of those products and makes media for those products right then i have another team whose job is to sort of make the actual site and design it right and then my partner's making creative so all of this is always going on and i would say my success rate on new niche ideas or new drop shipping ideas is like one for five or one for six right and I, the, the only difference is i'm just trying so many times i probably built over like 150 sites like throughout the course of this year right because my shopify. team automated it right all shopify because my team has automated so much of this i don't have to spend 200 hours to build a dropshipping business right so i just go with a lot of volume of, of this and it's very high quality because i've trained my team to do this and then you know, when the bangers come, they come. And when we when when they fail, it's like on to the next idea, right? So I think that's number one. Um, and then number two, you just have to love what you're doing. You have to be very intellectual curious, right? So I work with my best friend, right? We're screwing around throughout the day, like we're laughing, cracking jokes while we're working. And I honestly don't feel like I'm working, right? My hours fly by, and I think that's really important. You have to really enjoy what you're doing. A lot of people go into e-commerce because it's sort of like a side hustle or like a quick cash kind of situation. If you have that sort of attitude, the moment you face adversity, you're going to drop out, right? For me, it was like, I like what I'm doing. And as much as I can keep doing what I like doing and make money doing it, I'm going to fight for it, right? So on days of bad ROAS, it's like, I don't give up. I try to find a different solution, right? In the beginning, you know, I entered August actually with with $3,000 of personal credit card debt. And like no income at all, right? And I just gave up a really good job, and my, you know, my parents were pissing their pants, like, you know, like calling me every day, like, what the fuck? You know, they're Asian parents, you know, they're like, we thought you were gonna be a doctor, right? It's like you're fucking selling shit on the internet, and you're losing money doing, like, what are you doing, right? So it's like it was it was stressful, right? But I genuinely liked this type of work, and I genuinely like ad strategy, and I genuinely like e-commerce, so it made it easier to persevere. So love what you do. Always try to automate. know get smart people to work for you like my manager for example that manages my operations he's a phd student in astrophysics in the ukraine and he is smarter than anyone I went to college with and harder working than anyone I went to college with. And he only wants to get paid $30 an hour because in Ukraine, making $30 an hour is, is a really good wage, right? And he, he's so good and so talented and he worries about so much of the day-to-day stuff that I don't have to worry about anymore. And this is only possible because of like the globalized economy and, and the technology that we have these days, right? So um, the fact that we live in a big world brings a lot of opportunity for automation, right? Like you don't have to hire a Harvard MBA to do a lot of things to free up your time so you can worry about growth.
0: How did you get somebody to give you $300,000 in a credit line? Your parents co-signed for credit cards or?
1: No, so uh, it's, I don't know if it's fully legal. So uh, I guess I'm gonna disclose, disclose it. I had a corporate card for my internship, right? So I worked at like a, a big consulting firm. And as a part of that, you get like a corporate credit card. And we were supposed to cancel our corporate credit cards at the end of the internship. And I knew I was going to do this entrepreneurship thing. So I just like decided to not cancel it secretly. (laughs) And I basically funded my business with that credit card. I mean, I paid everything off. So like on the book, everything's okay, right? Um, But that credit card event essentially had like no limit because it was a corporate one, right? It's like a billion dollar company that's obviously backing it up because it's like a- And they didn't notice that? They ended so they actually they canceled the card in January, like this past January. I got a letter in the mail, I was like, dude, like we canceled your card, you know, like you clearly don't work with us. I mean, I guess I survived on it for like six months, but uh, I was very proactive. So, uh, you know, once you have revenues, you can go to a bank and you can get a credit card, right? If oh, you sure? give her payments, you're good. So, by then, I already had alternatives, but yeah, like that was super lucky that I was able to do that. I mean, it was scrappy, right? And I, every day I remember like, I, was just, I mean, it's, it, you know it's wrong. Like, <laughs> you know it's wrong, but it's just like, fuck, you have to do it. I mean, what else am I going to do, right? Um, so that's that's how I did it. Yeah, <laughs>
0: that's funny. Uh, Dimitri, Gail, David in the house. So what is your, what would you say is like your next what's next for you? I mean, what Yeah, is, you're crushing it. Are you going to start moving? I guess tell us a little bit about what your future three, four, five year plans are.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, one thing that's obviously on my mind is I want to make, I want to make a banger, right? So, you know, I want to make something that has enterprise value. I want to make something that's quite frankly going to change the world, right? Like, so I want to make a dollar shave club. I want to make a Bonobos, a Kylie cosmetics, like a big e-commerce brand. Right. And that's, you know, I, I save like every cent I've made um, because I'm trying to fuel these, this next batch of ideas. So, you know, my, one of my big goals for 2019 and 2020, I think in my year starting in August and ending in August, because that's where e-commerce started for me. So my sort of next year is starting in August, 2019 to August, 2020, my big goal is I want a brand that has enterprise value. So brand equity, we're not running any sales, We're not running anything sketchy, we're not doing any promotions, and it's still gonna at least break even on a million dollars in revenue. So that would make me very, very happy because I know that's a seedling for something that could be very big, right? So that's something that's on my agenda. I am also very interested in sort of the education space. Um, I think there's a lot of trash out there with dropshipping and e-commerce education in general. You know, Props to you, props to Tim Bird for really taking it upon yourself to, this community going and spending so much of your time to educate others, I sort of want to be a part of, of of doing that as well. I know it's something that's going to be very fulfilling for me, so that's something I want to start looking into as well. Um, yeah, exactly, right? And then the third piece is um, I want to really start working with some some, some clients, right, that, that I'm very excited about. The one we're working with right now, I'm very excited about, but I want to sort of grow the agency side of things, and we really don't do what traditional agencies is do, right. Like we take deals that are very focused on equity or up, upward growth, right? Um, like we have some businesses that literally give away like partial ownership to the company so we can do what we do for free and we even fund all the ad dollars because we really believe in their ideas, right? So, you know what what are you really good at when you're a dropshipper selling shit on the internet, right? What are you bad at product development? So, you know, I'm looking for sort of early stage startups right now before Series A where they developed a concept, an idea, and a product, and they think it's going to go really well. Maybe it's on Kickstarter and and they've raised like $20,000. I want to sort of take them to the next level so I don't have to worry about product development, right? Um, So those are the big three things that I'm sort of thinking about in my next one, two, three years on top of obviously maintaining my core dropshipping business, um, but I have my eyes far set outside of dropshipping, right? Um, I think dropshipping was a great way to learn. It was a great way to earn a lot of capital. It was a great way to build a skill set and sort of have a sandbox to learn the stuff in and play with. But you know, if if you think dropshipping is the end of e commerce or the light at the end of the tunnel, like I just completely disagree with that mindset. I know there's so much out there. I'm really bullish on e commerce in general, and I want to be at the forefront of sort of capturing that. Mm. How many, like this question, how many travel points do you have? Oh, so many. So, yeah, it's, I live, so I live off of my credit card points because I spend so much money on ad spend, right? Um, And yeah, I really haven't spent like a single dime I've actually earned for my business, but I don't know how many points I get per day, but like, for example, I have like 4 million points right now with like American Express, like Starwood Hotels or whatever, um so i guess travel would be free for people on time <laughs> <laughs> what card did you use amix yeah so i don't know if i'm like i know there's a lot of people that are like kind of nerdy car about gurus. being like the best card i'm not a car guru um so i use like your standard capital one spark card two percent back right which right. i think the best percent back for just like flat percent back in business i also have a american express like bonvoy marriott card for like traveling purposes um and then i also have your standard like bank of america business card too that i'm using less because it didn't give me as much cash back points but I, no by no means am i like optimizing on my points or anything it's <laughs> my credit score is also pretty bad so that's that's kind of one of the negatives of being my age and having no official income and also yeah spending so much every month my fico literally revolves between like 500 it's like 720 and it can be like anything in between so <laughs> i really don't try to fool around with credit cards you know i'm know actually
0: gonna know. i'm, I'm gonna actually gonna open up credit cards i think in all my kids' names and just start you know, <laughs> yeah, know, exactly. like four
1: exactly just or like, to, um, i just gotta go get another internship you know get another infinite credit card, credit line that's really the secret to grow. uh i had
0: another question for you but i think i lost it um if you guys have any other questions, drop them in here. we got about 10 minutes left, so anything you guys want to ask him. Um, do you guys have a lot of, like, high turnover as far as employees go with how many employees, or? Um,
1: not really, honestly. I I, I really trust – I mean, we, we we sort of, like, you know, our, our – for example, customer service is probably where the highest turnover should be, right? But we really, like, keep things pretty close. It. Like, my manager hires an, an – hired person in the philippines right so she like interviews candidates to be customer support staff and we pay them definitely above market but i also think they deliver above market results right um so you know our team really doesn't fluctuate that much i think turnover does come a lot like from from the guys we hire that like photoshop things or like you know are like cleaning up images in our stores or you know like that kind of work obviously there's a lot of turnover and we're really just pulling like random people on upwork that we've worked with, Um, but our core employees, like we really try to promote a a pretty good culture. And you know, I give them like pretty big bonuses and Christmas and and things like that. I mean, I I just think it's so valuable, right? Like, why would would you like hesitate paying an extra dollar or $2 an hour, if you think it means like, they're gonna be a lot happier working with you and they're not like balancing three different engagements at one time and copy pasting responses. It's like, if I pay them more, I know that you know, they're gonna do the best job. And times where like, ROAS is bad, or like, you know, we had like one site that had a feedback problem where like, we got throttled for like two weeks, you know? And it was a really scary experience, but it's like, when that happens, my customer support team genuinely cares as much as me about solving the problem. It's because I am providing the most income they will ever earn compared to like Upwork or whatever else they're using, right? So we don't have that high of turnover actually.
0: How many stores do you have generating this 20 million?
1: Yeah, so I would say right now we probably have around five, five active, five to six active, right? Some, again, I I said like fell off because of seasonal reasons, so we sort of put them on pause, but, you know, I'm always pumping out new new sites. So um, it it really depends, but I would say like the core ones have lasted since like, 2018 there's probably around five of them and then we're always trying to make new ones but obviously some like last for three months and for whatever reason people don't want to buy it anymore I mean it's just nature of the space right but mm-hmm. I would feel like five at all times that are at least running okay uh, so one
0: guy had a good question about trying to get into this to learn Mandarin how did you start to learn I barely speak English
1: yeah so. <laughs> yeah exactly right so I kind of had a benefit because my my parents are Chinese immigrants. So I always knew like a base level in Mandarin. I don't think my my base level was higher than like you would obtain if you took like two two semesters of college classes. But um, I mean, there's so many ways to learn, right? Like I was just watching YouTube videos. I was kind of benefited because I could call my parents and just like try to talk to them in Mandarin and try to improve my skills. But let me just tell everyone here like Mandarin huge, huge importance, especially in dropshipping. Like there's just no world where I would have the relationship I have with my supplier and my procurement team now, if I couldn't communicate with them in Mandarin every single day. So not saying everyone needs to learn Mandarin in order to succeed in, in this space, but it's definitely like a huge asset that I just kind of fit the bullet on, on spending a few hours every single day refining. And now it's, it's literally reaping massive rewards, right? Like I have a relationship, with the people providing my products. And I'm actually visiting him in, in China in September. And it's not just like a business relationship. We're genuinely friends. So mm-hmm. you know, only someone that's your friend is willing to be like, hey, you owe me 500 grand, but that's cool. You know, like pay it whenever, you know, like mm-hmm. no one else is gonna give you that sort of treat. <laughs> and that's so helpful for us, right? Sure, I believe it. Do you sell your stores at all? Have you sold any of them? No, I really haven't sold any of them. I'm I'm kind of like, one thing is I'm a little sketched out about, okay, so it's the first thing, it's like I've tried selling it before, right? And I just find it's not a very professional place to sell, right? Because, okay, so for those of you guys who are thinking about selling your stores, you know, you can't just like have someone be like, hey, I'm willing to pay a million dollars. And let me start like taking a look at your store and your ad account do due diligence. No, right? Because they could totally rip you off right? Because it's drop shipping, right? Like the products aren't proprietary. They can totally rip your products off. If they look at your ad manager, they can follow like the interest ladder that you built and the LA ladder that you built. And it's like, bam, they could essentially try to replicate your results, right? So in order to really have a a serious due diligence, you need someone to pay a pretty big deposit, right? So if you're trying to sell your drop shipping business for like, let's say a million dollars, this guy better at least be willing to pay like a $30,000 deposit in order to do due diligence, right? Um, And I think once that stage hits, a lot of people are kind of just like, they won't do it. So I consider them not very serious buyers. So I try to sell one of my sites, you know, a while back. um, And I kind of ran into that problem where like everyone's just full of smoke, you know, like everyone's like ready to, you know, like art of the deal, this one, you know, like they have big rhetoric and they're like, yo, like I'm totally gonna buy it like straight cash and stuff. But then the moment things get serious, I think yeah. a lot of people drop out. And uh, I guess at this point it's like, there's no reason why I should sell if if things are still rolling through and, and working well. And I'm very excited for when August hits because of seasonality and also third and fourth quarter, like we knocked it out of the park last year and we only had like two, two businesses, two sites last year when we knocked it out of the park. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it's like, oh, man, when Black Friday hits this year, it's like, you know, I'm, I'm going to be ready. <laughs> you know, like sending out those massive amounts of emails and like yeah, up your budget for Black. It, it was crazy. Last time it was like, holy shit, like this is like crack, you know, it's like, oh, my God. So I'm so excited Black Friday this year now that I have like a lot more things to bring to the table. Are you guys using Clavio for email? Yeah, Clavio. We, we do use Clavio. Exactly.
0: And then do you, Are you doing any, Matt? You're doing any you do. It any messenger bot stuff at all or no
1: no so i used to do messenger bot but i got one of those like notifications from facebook that was like so many people report your messages to spam that like if you keep doing this we're gonna like throw your facebook page right and that kind of just like maybe i wasn't doing it the right way um but that really tweaked me out so i stopped using the messenger bot um but we used to do that and did work pretty well but um, are you doing guess, promotions? Like, are you doing broadcast promotions? We were no. What we were doing on Messenger was we were doing retargeting on Messenger. So it's like you go onto our website and you add to cart, right? And you end up not completing your checkout or completing payment. Oh, like uh, okay. We we're like, Bing, like, hey, you know, you were shopping at our business, and uh, here's also ten percent off. Like, please, please complete checkout. And I guess it was a little too spammy. Um, and Facebook didn't really like that. So we stopped, gotcha. but it's an area I need to explore a lot more.
0: Yeah. I'm starting to get into it more like, uh, I know of it, but like yesterday for the whole ad leaks, uh, notification system, I went and just started learning it cause I've kind of neglected it, but definitely need to learn it because it's kind of probably the bigger future. I think in the next year it's going to become even bigger and it's very, I think it is very neglected.
1: So. It is very neg- Exactly. I mean, I was neglecting emails for a long time yeah. until like. I really, I really just started buckling down and doing a lot of different testing and like emails are just for all of you guys that aren't doing Clavio emails, like every single week or consistently you're literally losing like 20 to 30% of your sales, yeah. leaving it on the table. Like those emails are killer once you crack the right messaging. So I'm sure messenger is very similar. So I got to start experimenting on that. someone right. asked me about Upwork. Yeah. So I do find all my people on Upwork, Upwork is a great platform. And you know, once you start working with them on Upwork, you can figure out sort of off upwork contracts you can give them to save that sort of processing fee. Um, but yeah, Upwork is I mean, Upwork was God's gift to gift to my life. I met everyone on there in Upwork. What's my, your, yeah.
0: What's your bigger like so you're doing a lot of email? Are you how are you building your email list just off of retention?
1: Oh yeah. So it's completely off of just customers that have like added to cart and not complete checkout. We obviously have different flows for people that bought, people that haven't bought. Mm-hmm. Uh, we use Wheelio on some of our sites a decent amount, like that little spinner. Yeah. And uh, you know, some people spin the spinner, but they don't do anything else. That's another, like it's all about crafting the right message for the right step of the conversion funnel, right? Someone that spins Wheelio, but doesn't do anything more, maybe needs something else to assure them, right? Someone that added to cart and didn't complete checkout than mm-hmm. someone that initiated checkout and didn't complete payment than someone that actually has bought from you before. Right? Like everyone is a little different. And once you find the right messaging for every single one, it's bam, fire. Right. And, uh, we, we, we experiment with so much, we experiment with flows. Like you get like a news article day one. Right. And like day two is like, Hey, this is our story. This is what we do. Then day three is like, here's our, some of our best products. Right. Then day four is like discount code. Right. Like there's, there's a there's a special puzzle for every single site um, and every single step of that site's conversion funnel that I think a lot of people neglect and it's it's not fun you know to like test this and figure it out but like you it's it's free traffic right like emails is literally like customer is already acquired you just literally have to send an email to get them to buy right so it's like it's like free ROAS in a way yep. right um, Have you been so,
0: uh, Yeah, have you been to a mastermind with Tim?
1: One of I, uh, so I think I'm going to go to the one in August, actually, of coming to New York. So, uh, you know, for everyone that's going to be there, I guess, uh, you know, see each other in person. Will you be there, Justin?
0: Uh, I don't know. Maybe. I'm getting more involved in that stuff. So I I got three kids and another one that's ready to hit here in about uh, four weeks. So yeah. my wife would uh,
1: divorce me if I leave her home yeah. before. You got, you got real, <laughs> yeah, you got real commitments. I'm just yeah. uh, I'm a writer.
0: Yeah, I will be in L.A. For that, uh, going to our at least headquarters, I think in a week and a half, two weeks. So I'll be there for a week, working out of there. Are you going to be in L.A. for that? Yes,
1: Meetup? I'm actually. I'm moving to Los Angeles in late August okay. for all the uh, ad buyers and ad leaks people. I know there's a lot of you guys in L.A., so uh, excited to join that community.
0: Yeah, you should try and hit the it's in July though, so you won't be there yet unless you I won't be there yet. I have private jet on your points, fly over. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. Right. I'll oh, just use my internship. Internship. Yeah. Point. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, I appreciate
0: it. I learned definitely a lot. Um if you have stuff and you want to post and we wanna start building out like a learning unit in the at leaks, just let me know. I'll put up a unit, start dropping the bombs and then I I moderate every single post so I can start adding them.
1: So Awesome, awesome. Yeah, I'll definitely, I'll definitely do that. Yep, yeah. awesome. Okay, well, thank you, man. I appreciate it. It's great talking to you, man, and I uh, hope to meet you someday in person. Yeah. So yeah, like I'm more friends online than in real life. <laughs> All, right, see you All later. right, thanks. Thanks, guys. Take care. Bye.